The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Another episode of the Rotorod Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. Yesterday's episode that I hosted, Substitute Teacher, with Rich Rebar, Nick Menzio, is up. You can check it out, listen, download it. And I laid out a challenge for you if your parent, significant other, whatever, is receiving some device that downloads audio electronically, download this very podcast for them. And my other challenge to you is if you are like waiting in line at a Best Buy or whatever one of those stores are that, you know, hikes up the prices on you, uh, you know, just spend some of your time and, you know, the 20 or 30 phones that are just laying around, just you know, find the app, go to Roto World Football Podcast and subscribe there as well. Uh, you know, just a little thank you for from us to you, to you, to us. Uh, all right. No Evan Silva on this episode. That's all my fault. Scheduling conflicts, yada, 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 you know, it's this time of year. So instead, you get more Rotopat. And to me, there's nothing else better in the world than Patrick Doherty and more of it. Uh, Pat, what's your middle name? We've covered this about 20 times. It's like James or John or something like super basic. No, it's not, actually. Oh. It's very. I have a very unusual middle name. Okay, I knew it was like one of one of the two, but I went with the basic it's, version instead. It's Bennett. Bennett, that's what it was, because it's a great middle name. Yeah. I love it. It is a really good one. It is a really good one. I was, you know, in the future, if we ever, we ha- I have a beautiful little daughter, but if yep. we ever have a son in the future, yeah, if we ever have a son in the future, Bennett was in the running, but uh, one of my friends had a son and named it Bennett. And his son was also born on my birthday, so I feel like maybe it might be out of the running, unfortunately. But I think it's a great name. I, I went to college with a Bennett. I was in a fraternity with someone named Bennett. And one summer, he worked at the boundary waters of Minnesota and Canada, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Doing yep. Canoeing and portaging, which, by the way, is one of the worst experiences I've ever done. I did that in Boy Scouts, and it was <laughs> awful. Uh, anyways, he came home or back to school the next year with a girlfriend that he met there and then ended up transferring after uh, six more months. In my, it's a very, very Bennett thing to do. My, my suggestion to anyone thinking about doing that in college is don't. Uh, Pat, I've asked you a lot of questions, but also the 29-year-old who's single saying that. Uh, over the last <laughs> few weeks, uh, Mostly holiday related. So here's the ultimate holiday one. Okay. Say you throw all of the holiday mascots, top people, animals, whatever, in a ring. Okay. You know, you have Santa Claus. You have the Easter Bunny. You, I would even throw like the Tooth Fairy in there. Which comes out on top? 
I have a very obvious. It won't be obvious because you'll never have heard of it. But once you hear of it, it'll be very obvious. Um, long story short, I went to Russia a few years ago, and in Russia, I purchased a Christmas mastodon or woolly mammoth, whatever you want to call it, and it's like a wooden sculpture of a Santa riding a woolly mammoth slash mastodon. And after seeing that, I knew that it was the ultimate Christmas warrior. And that's who will emerge from your Yuletide Royal Rumble. It's, it's, it's the Joe Flacco of. Yes. 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 Uh, I have a Mastodon <laughs> story. Well, a Power Ranger story because Mastodon always makes me think of Power Rangers. Um, when I was a little kid, obviously, I loved going to Toys R Us. I think we all did. And this was at the peak of Power Rangers, right? Like right when it came out, I was obsessed with it. And you know, like their belts that they like hold in front of them and they go like triceratops and whatever they say, pterodactyl. Um, I thought like if you actually bought that and like (laughs) did it, then you would turn into a Power Ranger. And I mean, this will show you my level of bravery. I was too scared to like even pick it up. Because I thought like I would accidentally <laughs> turn into it. So instead I walked by it about 10 or 15 times uh, and never asked for it because I certainly wasn't brave enough to be a Power Ranger. So It's been very brave of you to share that on this podcast, Josh. It was, like, it it was just like five years ago. So I'm so it's it's not a little kind of deep-seated really. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Remember Spin Fighters, by the way? No. What are those? Is that like the same era as Pogs? Yeah, a little bit, but it, they were like this big Power Rangers thing where basically you, you had like this little gadget. Oh, uh, yeah, and you like and yeah. you squeeze the legs and they spin around. Yeah, it would shoot them out like metal spinning tops basically, right. and you would like spin them okay. into someone else's Here, spin Here's top. another question because who cares about football? Uh, <laughs> what what were your like – what television shows or, or toy characters were you most invested in, right? So for me, it was Power Rangers. It was absolutely Transformers. Uh, and it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mine were definitely Batman and Thomas the Tank Engine. See, I, um, I completely skipped the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff. Thomas the Tank Engine, obviously a little younger, but I was into Batman. I was sort of into Power Rangers. Um, I didn't. I never really got into X Men, but it was mostly uh, Batman and then like uh, sports things. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have another X Men story from Toys R Us. Uh, there was one that was like a a stand-up version of about 20 of the action figures. And so I thought like, oh, if I bought this, then I'll just get 20 for this price or whatever it was. <laughs> but it turns out that like the display, they were all glued to them and they weren't like the actual action figures. And so instead, like it was just a display of 20 of them. And I couldn't like take them off or do anything with them. So that was. Is, I feel like you're getting to the bottom of some of your issues well, here. This, this these, has been. This has been. Toy these time. stories seem like symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> this has been toy time with Josh and Pat. Uh, let's get into rankings time. Pat writes the rankings over at RotoWorld.com. I'm sure you know this. And I noticed it was like Christmas themed this week, Pat. Like you turned the positions green and then the analysis red. Like ooh. Well, I actually I alternated How creative every position. Are you? <laughs> so for one position, it'd be a green and then red, and then like running back, it'd be red then green. It's very wow. elaborate. Um, wow. You're you're a very creative type, Pat. Yeah, um, so I'm very artistic, especially. You always got an A plus in art. Yes. Uh, okay, let's start off with Tom Brady. Okay, because you have Tom Brady. Let me pull it up here. You have Tom Brady as quarterback 
three. Meanwhile, Tom Brady in the three previous weeks has, depending on your scoring, like nine fantasy points, 11 fantasy points, and 16 fantasy points. So why does Tom Brady deserve to be a top three, top five quarterback this week? Yeah, you know, he has just two touchdowns over his past three games. Been really one of the quietest stretches of like the second half of his career, of like his post ACL recovery career. Um, or maybe going back to 2007 is kind of when he became like Tom Brady He Man that we all know and love today. So, but it was strange. It was actually a three game uh, road trip, which you almost never see in the NFL. Patriots played five of their past six games on the road. Um, he generally toys with the Bills' defense. Uh, it's back in New England. Bills didn't really seem to have any idea how to cover Rob Gronkowski two or three weeks ago or whatever week it was. And I just think he's going to basically get back on track with a little home cooking this week. Still the QB5 by average points on the season. And just yeah, Tom Brady against like a, this, a Bills' defense. You know, it's been very uneven and consistent. I just think is too good to fade out of the top three. So I understand the questions, but yeah, that's right. my uh, hashtag reasoning. And I can't say I, you know, consistently keep track of the playoff race or the playoff picture. Uh, the bills are not eliminated, right? Like they're still in it, but I'm they sure are not officially eliminated. Right. I'm sure with a loss, like the nail is in their coffin, so to speak. Yeah, so I'm I sure so. the Patriots would love to do that to the Buffalo bills. Um, okay, let's move on. He would to... love to do that. He would. He would love to do that to like anyone. Bill Belichick would love to eliminate like the actual like Jesus Christ Holy Rollers <laughs> if that was an NFL team. Bill like, takes such great pleasure in eliminating them from the postseason race. So <sighs> sure, he'll be happy to eliminate the Bills. Okay, at running back, and I don't have an issue with this ranking necessarily, but I'm posing it in this way. Uh, in the NBC Sports League, I am facing off against producer extraordinaire Kristen Coleman in the championship. Okay. Kristen's uh, a real professional, by Kristen the way. Kristen Coleman has Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram on her roster, but she also has Ezekiel Elliott coming off a bye. So based on your rankings, where you have Ezekiel Elliott as running back three and Alvin Kamara after that, and then Mark Ingram after those two, you would bench Mark Ingram. But Pat... From like a consistency perspective, the two Saints running backs have been putting up like 40 plus points a week. So wouldn't it be tough if you were in her shoes to say, okay, Zeke's coming back, immediately plug him in as a starter and dump and drop and don't start one of the two most consistent running backs out there in fantasy circles? No, it would not. Wow. Uh I mean, I understand, but I mean, Zeke was playing his best football where the suspension went down in three games between their bye and when he went on suspension, uh, he was averaging 130 rushing yards per game, over four and a half yards per carry. Uh, we know all about how the offense, I mean, basically struggled during his absence. I mean, they sorely, sorely missed him. So I don't think there'll be any question of like easing him in or anything. The Cowboys desperately need to win their final two games to have any shot at making the playoffs. So I think he'll immediately slide back in to his usual role. And uh, he's still the RB 10 by total points. No, which way. tells you he was, yeah, he, he is. He is. He really is. It's insane. And he's the RB two by average points. So he was, you know, having a kind of an underrated year before going down. And I just think it stars kind of aligning for him to have a huge game. And I basically look at him, him as like the turbocharged version of Mark Ingram this week. Um, 
I think he'll have a much higher uh, carry floor. I mean, Ingram might catch a few more passes, but I just think Zeke will have a higher carry floor, better touchdown odds, and I would really have no fear about firing Zeke up at home. Hmm. Even though it's the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks, though, we know just got stampeded for four touchdowns by Todd Gurley. Might be licking their wounds a little bit, basically out of the playoff race. So, yeah, I'm all aboard the Zeke Revenge Express this week. And it's not early season Seattle. I think people should realize that and do realize that, obviously, with all those injuries. Um, and even to the linebacker group now, which was a strength on their team. Like, Robbie Ragnar could, like, barely run around last week. Uh, okay, let's close it out with Nelson Aguilar. Pat, this is the one you have all wrong, okay? <laughs> you have Nelson Aguilar listed as wide receiver 31. Uh, let me tell you that Nelson Aguilar has 32 targets over the last three weeks, nine red zone targets in his last four games, is the leading target receiver since Nick Foles has taken over as quarterback. And yes, I know that's a small sample size. It's five quarters. I know it's a small sample size. (laughs) But to me, Nelson Aguilar has kind of proven to be a top 24 wide receiver over the course of the last three or four weeks. He has over the course of the last three or four weeks, but I think when it's a quarterback change, you really you can only really look at since when the quarterback changed. And he did get 10 targets last week against the Giants, but I, I think we saw probably the outer limits of what Nick Foles is going to be capable of as quarterback last week. And I don't think he's going to – maybe he'll routinely get both Alshon and Nelson Aguilar 10 targets, but I, th- I think Alshon's going to be the guy. Probably Zach Ertz will still be – I think ahead of Nelson Aguilar on the targets totem pole, even though he wasn't last weekend. And just in a second game with the backup quarterback, I just wouldn't wouldn't feel comfortable jamming him into the top twenty-four. It was actually kind of a deep week at receiver. When it feels uh, about maybe as deep as it has all year. Seem pretty good overall health position. Some guys really coming on strong in the second half. And yeah, I just I I respect your argument on thank you on on our boy. Nelson, but yeah, just game two, the Nick Foles experience. I feel like 30 is a 30 31 is a good hedge for a team's number two receiver. And if I were to put myself in your shoes, I would also add that in those three games, uh, I mean, it was kind of the game script that we hoped for for a wide receiver, right? Like the Eagles were either, you know, even or playing from behind in many of those yes. situations. Yeah, yeah. So, and we point, don't expect actually. that one against the Oakland Raiders this week because Oakland's not bad. against. Not against Derek Carr Bortles. Uh, so I don't, I don't, when did Derek Carr and Blake Bortles switch bodies? Okay. Someone well, this, needs this is to an interesting conversation this. because I think that the reason why Derek Carr um, elicited so much positivity last year, uh, if that's the correct use of that word, uh, was because everything was like a perfect situation, right? The yes. offensive line played extremely well. We know the wide receivers played extremely well. And so in that situation, and the play calling was better, in that situation, uh, Derek Carr can succeed. But he's also someone who, like, has the highest, or the, excuse me, the quickest, like, snap to throw mark in the NFL. He used to. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to take that crown from him, too. It's, 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 it's there, you know, there's like a grouping of five. Anyways, he, <laughs> I mean, he, I, I just don't think he's one who really, like, elevates the talent around him. I think he's... No, I got- He's yeah, just the quarterback who, 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 you know, is who the talent is around him and the play calling as well. I was watching Raiders uh, Cowboys last Sunday night, and I don't, you know, usually, I mean, I th- 
usually think this about like a, an established quarterback, but there were a few throws where I was like, I feel like Derek Carr like didn't understand the coverage there. I'm like, yeah. why did he just do that? Yeah. I'm not like Mr. Film Grinder either. And I was like, wow, it just doesn't seem like he's really diagnosing this defense very right. well. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there've been a lot of letdowns at quarterback this year, you know, like obviously last year, Cam Newton was a letdown to many. Um, but then this year we haven't seen that same negative buzz around people like Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, yeah. so on and so forth. I yeah. Mean, it's been like the year of like the, the mega disappointment at uh, quarterback. I mean, I think Matt Ryan's like barely in the top 20 by right. average points. I think he is like 16 or 17 now, but I mean, Matt Ryan, like I said, Mariota, so many one-touchdown games. Derek Carr, so many one-touchdown games. Jameis Winston's been kind of weird uh, because, like, he – I feel like he's been, like, miserably failing the eye test since he came back, but, like, his fantasy numbers have actually been pretty good. Yeah. But still, obviously, a disappointing overall fantasy year. So, yeah, like, position – even, like, you know, like, Dak Prescott, like, what do you do with – like, if Dak, say, he finishes slowly these final two games, even with Zeke, like, what will Dak's stock be going into next season? Yeah, it's and gonna... I, I think the run, like, he his his poor games, like, weren't sporadic, you know? His poor games were, like, three in a row that were really, really bad. Um, and then the last three, he's been pretty good, you know? I do think with Dak, I mean, it's – we make so many excuses for quarterbacks, but – like Dak, I mean, I think the la- the the narrative or the meme about his receivers and their lack of separation has been a very real problem, and, and they definitely he, and, and those two performances or the bad ones, like the first, remember Tyron Smith was out, and didn't he face the yeah. Chargers or something? Like he gets sacked twelve times in that game. No, it was I think it was it was Adrian Claiborne who oh that's what it was it was the Falcons and then the literally next week, six it times was the by himself. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. I saw I think it was Nick Menzio on Twitter the other day he said. Uh, last week, so that's someone was halfway to an Adrian Claiborne. It's a now a noun. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, okay, I think we're done here, don't you think? I say we're putting a we're putting a bow on it. Yep. We 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 carried the podcast. Uh, you can follow Evan Silva on Twitter at Evan Silva. You can follow. Right he doesn't Pat. get a he doesn't get a follow Friday <laughs> if he's not even on the pod. <laughs> you you can follow Pat at Roto Pat. You can follow his daughter Roto Patricia. Uh, and I'm Josh Norris. And again, I appreciate you following through with toy time early on and joining us for the later part of picking on Pat's rankings. Uh, again, check out yesterday's episode and be sure to download the most important podcast in the universe and subscribe for all your friends and family out there during this holiday season. Until next time, talk to you all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.